There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Body Rappers, Angela Luzio is delighted to sponsor this episode of Conversations on Dance. Body Rappers, Angela Luzio is known for its fine, total stretch tights and Angela Luzio shoes. Tyler Peck, principal dancer with New York City Ballet, is its spokesperson and designer of Tyler Peck Designs for Premiere. Tyler's beautiful, original designs fit perfectly, move well with the body, won't ride up in the back, and are ideal for class, rehearsal, and performance. Body Rappers makes additional apparel for all disciplines and significant to dance teachers this time of year. Body Rappers Performance Wear Remix for competition and recital, consisting of various components that can be mixed and matched to create a unique costume you won't see anywhere else, like the one featured in Body Rappers' ad. You may view all the products at bodywrappers.com or to purchase Body Rappers performance wear remix items, go to your favorite local dance retailer shop or online store. To view and buy the entire collection of Tyler Peck designs, go to dancewearcorner.com. I'm Rebecca King-Ferraro. And I'm Michael Breeden. And you're listening to Conversations on Dance. This week, we are joined by Reed Bartlemy and Jack Ferver, hosts of the podcast, What's Going On with Dance and Stuff. We have had Reed on the podcast before to discuss his work as a costume designer, so tune in to episode 21 for more on him. Today, we get to know Jack a little more when he tells us about his acting career, his choreography, and how ballet and other art forms inform his work. The two are close friends, and they talk about how they met, how they collaborate, and how they decided to start their podcast, What's Going On with Dance and Stuff. After recording this episode, Reed and Jack turned the tables on us and interviewed us for their podcast. Dan's podcast worlds collide this week on Conversations on Dance. Okay. I mean, I th- we're, we're filming. Okay. Oh, we're happening. Okay. Do you guys sing an intro? That we don't. You have that on us. Oh, so. hi, buddy. I, I love your intro. <laughs> say hi, everybody. Hi, this is Jack Ferber. If you guys have... Wait, you need to say our oh, names. my name's Reed Bartleby. Uh-huh. 
What's your name? <laughs> you have to, we have to say our name so people have a vocal check. Is who this it conversation is. Right. We on dance? This is, this is conversation on dance, oh. and we are with Reed Bartlemy and Jack Ferber. And what would be your theme song if you had one? Ooh. I mean, does it have? We have like a song. Can we, we just don't like sing play it. something pretty like oh, wait, NPR? Will you hum like, a little bit of the song and I'll sing it. I was gonna just say I like the it. opening strains of the Chacon Pada or something oh, very that's NPR. Nice. Do 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 do. Do it again, and I'll <laughs> do it again, and I'll sing their song. Do okay. it again. Wait, can you sing it one more time, and uh-huh. then I'll repeat it? Huh? Do 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 do. Welcome everyone to Conversations on Dance. Nailed it. Yay. That's your yeah. theme song. There you go. There is your theme song. You can have that for free. Yeah, you can thank Gluck <laughs> we'll for that. We'll give you all like royalties later. Like, sure. there's, well, no, there's no payment you can for just the initial sponsorship later. <laughs> so that we can also get the mic set up that you have. Because I think this episode will be the one that sounds the best. You guys, we're sitting literally in like a real recording studio makeshift at Jack's apartment. I know. It's amazing. So many robotic arms. All, all these robotic Rebecca. arms. Rebecca just figured out how to do this. Four I don't know mics. how. I think uh, Jack so and I questions. are having trouble remembering that this is an hour podcast. So right. you guys, no, you guys to, ask us. You have the to questions. lead. Right. No, Rebecca, we, say something. Here, I'm going to say all the things. <laughs> <laughs> all right. No, first, like I think that something nice that we do, if I do say so myself, is we let our guests have the run of the show. Yeah. We, we don't like to interrupt or. <laughs> um, oh, okay, we don't do that. Let me help. Read. Let's talk about Pam's show last night. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, ask us a question. Okay. okay. Well. Well, the yeah. first question is we just want to get to know you guys a little bit better for our mm. listeners. Oh. We've had Reed on before as um, Reed and Harriet, yes. but today we just have Reed as Reed. So, yeah. oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> Who am I? You're Which a is whole exciting. person. <laughs> Harriet and I were commenting last night looking at a program at Pam's new show <laughs> oh, about so right. that now nobody even bothers to write our full names. They just write Reed and Harriet. Yeah. Oh, really? In like, the program? Is it costumes by Reed and Harriet? It's not actually <laughs> a thing that we. Fierce. I mean, kind of. It's not a it's thing like that we're happy about, but it's, we're Madonna. just letting it happen because we're like, who cares? Wait. <laughs> I you're mean, like, really, who cares? But you're like Madonna. You have we are name. like Madonna. That, there you go. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I love it. Does so, Reed's mic need to be closer to his face? I can be. get really close to it. You can it. pull it up you on that lever. Up. You don't oh, have to. You, yeah. There you go. Oh, there we go. Now we're hearing it. You're coming in great now. All right. So tell us a little bit about some of your work that's outside of Reed and Harriet Designs, because you also are into a lot of other creative outlets as well. This is me? Yes, you. you. I am drawing a blank. I mean, <laughs> what do I do? I work with Jack uh-huh. as a okay. performer and as his designer. Yeah. And we have a podcast called What's Going On With Dance and Stuff. <laughs> I was like, I think it's called Conversations on Dance. <laughs> um, and what else do I do, Jack? Um, I dance. You, you sometimes, sometimes I dance for other people like Ryan McNamara or Lara Lubavitch. Sometimes they'll have me back. I'm yeah. like really like a, if you, you need me to come out of retirement. Let's talk oh, about I setting a ballet. Dance. Yeah, a dance. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Oh, God. Okay. So <laughs> I don't stage dance as often because I have trouble remembering steps. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not like the, at one point in my career, I was fairly good at learning steps and that's over. So I spent a lot of time in my living room staring at a video of myself dancing around. The worst. Because I was and literally not knowing it. I was right. like, what is this dance? I mean, it was like five or six years ago or seven or eight. So then <laughs> <laughs> so then um, I, I, I came into the studios at Graham and and I was like, so Lar, I have like maybe like four out of the seven ready to set today. And he was like, I think hopefully we'll get through one. 
So I was like, I am ready. Okay. I'm so I was over prepared, which was great. There you go. So and I had nine days, I think. So each night I'd go home and learn a little more and it was really fun actually and so fun to watch the dancers of Graham like really like yeah. grow into the work because uh-huh. initially I was like I'm skeptical <laughs> and then they got really good yeah so that was so exciting. do you want to do it again I do actually I was yeah. just talking to the director of dance interlock and about setting a Lubavitch dance there so I'll have to ask Lar I think Lar knows that I'm kind of dumb so <laughs> I mean he loves me because I think he liked my dancing, but he knows that like I always needed someone else to be learning the steps at the same time or else they might disappear into the ether. (laughs) So like one time he was making a solo on me in Stravinsky's A Soldier's Tale. Uh And literally like the person who is doing the devil part, because I was a soldier, would be in the studio with me also learning the soldier part because unreliable. I was also in school at the time, so I'd come into the studio like, "Mm, I don't know. And then... (laughs) Like, I remember in, like, a tech or dress rehearsal being on stage, like, and starting this solo and being like, I'm really not sure. This is, like, the day before the show. And then I looked to the back of the theater, and Attila, who was playing the devil, was doing my steps for me, like, in silhouette. I could see him, and I was like... Thank you, thank, thank you. you. Like being the mirror image. I know, that's, you guys, I'm dumb. That's really <laughs> you are not. You so, learn steps quickly. And well, we were some- trying to remember that that duet at interlock and in case we performed it oh yeah you eventually were like i think it's three i did figure it i out. forgot my own choreography so well, you know, work i get overwhelmed hi okay is that the last question no no oh. but <laughs> i was thinking of a a story that i like about rebecca you may want to cut this, but, oh i love it i love it. To cut it no i um the Rebecca, who has no patience for people who are not intelligent dancers, but it, it, but it's, no, it no, 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 because no, it stems. This is the part of the story that yes. I'm getting to. It's because she just like, do you know who the actual dumbest one in the room is? Me. Me. <laughs> <laughs> but you gotta fake it. You yeah, Rebecca's like, just like, home. I work over overtime to mask yeah. that. You gotta know that you're dumb and, and fix it. And then, yeah. <laughs> but really, Rebecca's day came when the ballet mistress cited Rebecca as the person in. The room who always knows everything. <gasps> Rebecca. I know. I was yeah. like, wait, wait, really? I went through a phase like that where I was like, I'm gonna just like learn everything and know it so that they have to give me parts. Yeah. It's like during my Shenway time and stuff. And then after that, when I was super checked out, like in school, dancing for Lar, who where it was like, it feels good, it made sense for me. I would just like come in and be like, I have no idea. And that's okay. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I'll just say that you like going full time at FIT to finish out that program while dancing for Lar and dancing for me. That was bananas. And also doing gigs with Shen Wei. That was not like good. you'd also be like, well, I have to go to China for a minute. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, is that the end of the question? Uh yeah, sure. Oh, uh, you guys know <laughs> enough about me now? That's a lot. I think we know good. a lot more. We wanna know about Jack now. Yeah, Jack you know has never been on the show. I don't know anything. And about me. when <laughs> If anyone tries to Google Jack, there's a lot so there. A there's lot. a lot so of stuff. I yeah. want, in Jack's words, uh, who is Jack? <laughs> well, I, that's very... What do we know, do? What do we do? <laughs> I mean, it depends on like what facet you want to talk about it, I guess. like, I mean, I came from theater. I grew up in a really rural, scary place in Wisconsin. But I was doing theater in Madison, which is like an hour away, because my parents... they were. It's a, I'm not going to get into it because we don't have enough time. Um, so, uh, they were older, they didn't expect to have a kid, and they were part of the Unitarian Church, and they moved to this small town thinking it'd be cute, but it really wasn't for me. So, they would still go to the Unitarian Church, I met people there, they're like, 
PhD theater in Madison. And then when I was 13, I did a production of Macbeth where I was cast as the third witch. And Elisa Thorell, who'd been in the Graham Company during Panorama, uh, was back and starting Canopy Dance in Madison, which was going to be a, a, a her school and company. And she set my character in the style of Martha Graham, where I became totally obsessed. Some other people I met through that theater were going to interlock in. I applied to the camp. I got into the camp. I got into the academy. I went there. I went through a theater. I was taking general dance. That's where I met Reed. That then we really, question, we so really didn't meet again after I, gra- I graduated. We didn't really know each other at school. I, I mean, gra- we knew each yeah, other. Yeah, we knew each other, but it was very like, we weren't hey, close. girl. Mm-hmm. No, but I wasn't really close to anyone some people so. some people i mean i was there on a scholarship and i was like you've got to know how to compete and win because i knew i had to just keep going and then i got a scholarship to williamstown theater festival i got cast as a lead in a main stage there as an apprentice which was great i booked a movie with that money i moved to new york i knew i needed a structure i went to the graham school at that point i was still in 63rd because i'm old and <laughs> i went there I did a bunch of plays. I did some TV, like Strangers with Candy, which was a big, you know, gay people loved that. I did a Christopher Durang premiere. I worked with the director, Nikki Martin, and, and a bunch of other incredible directors, all while continuing to study dance. And I knew I wanted to make a kind of theater that I wasn't seeing, which was I was seeing theater that would use movement and dance that was okay. And at the same time, I was seeing dance that would use theater that was... Okay, and generally subpar on both counts. I found that when dance tried to integrate text, uh, it was really bad. And that when theater <laughs> tried to have dance, it was also really bad. So I tried to uh, get good at both. And then at the same time, I was learning things about performance artists like Karen Finley and looking back at the NEA4 and everyone we lost to AIDS and then even beyond that in terms of like the Viennese actionists and all this stuff that's too boring for me to get into on this, I'm sure. <laughs> and then I started to incorporate that inside of making my own work mm-hmm. because that's what I wanted. And um, I stopped acting in other people's theater works in 2008. And that was when I started to try to make my work full time, which I knew I was going to need to have money because <laughs> I had met Roseanne Spradlin. Roseanne, I was seeing Roseanne for acupuncture. She's an incredible choreographer. And she was like, um, there's no money. So uh, I don't know what you think you're going to do in this country, but <laughs> there's really no money for contemporary work. Well, that's why it's so great that you guys got the MacArthur for the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it was really amazing. It wasn't anticipated. And it was so wild. I know I, we're having trouble figuring out how to spend our $600,000. It's been so wild. much money. I did not know that it was that much money. But yeah, we're well, not going to get new microphones right with it because we have better things. It's better. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Gucci, acne. Um, yeah. Facials. Like facials. Like pedicures. All the, all the skin creams. Yeah. I'm going to buy um, a car even though I don't know how to drive. Well, yeah. You don't know how to drive either? He no, doesn't. Sorry. Did we talk about this before? Wait, you don't know how to drive? What haven't no. we talked about, Michael? Wait. But you were living in Miami. Well, yeah. I and guess you drive for ten years in Miami. I Neil guess you don't have to really. Like, there, you can I have a drive? Give me a ride, you. Rebecca. You no, can just take Neil cars. just drove me everywhere. Oh, thank you, Neil. Because Neil had cars. that crappy Jeep forever, and it would it was um what's it called stick shift. Stick yeah, there we go. Oh wow, girl. <laughs> Neil's like Jeremy. He like takes care of stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah. <clears throat> Lucky. Except I take care of things too. Like, you do. I, I open Jack our mail, do. which is important. Oh, Jack can't do that. I don't open <laughs> my mail. One time I had, I think we talked about yeah. this in an episode. I had Reed come over because 
I'd gone through a breakup and maybe someone had died. And I had a year's worth of mail that I hadn't opened and it was in a big garbage bag. So Reed came over and it was fun and went through it. I had money in there. Yeah, that's what happens. But they they were expired. Right. I just deposited them and then let the chips <laughs> fall where the they may. <laughs> yep, ex- exactly. I kind of just keep going. Uh-huh. It's, a, it's a real mile a minute. Yeah. Did that answer your question? Yeah. I, ma- I yeah. started making this work. And, no, it was, and then it gets reviewed and it it gets reviewed where it gets reviewed. I mean, I feel and I people come to see it. People come to see it. He and gets it is presented. It is like, dance. It is theater. It is yeah. performance art. And I'm I'm utilizing all of those elements and then i frequently also work with a visual artist what did you call yourself you've you're an interloper in the dance community in this way i mean in terms of that i didn't go to get a bfa and i wasn't in a company before i started being a choreographer i think it's more common for people to have been in a company before making their own work i'm but in that way, I, I feel I, it's interesting. I mean, the choreographers who I really love, and, and particularly right now, having just seen two pieces that were so incredible, are Beth Gill and Pam Tanowitz, neither of whom were in companies and started making work early. Mm-hmm. And I relate to that of, of really knowing early on that I was a maker. Right. So you briefly touched on how you guys met, but you didn't really know each other during that time. So when did you really reconnect and become close friends? We, I moved back to New York like 10 and a half years ago after being in some ballet companies. And when I got back, I, I was dancing for Shenway and then I got some email from, I guess Jonah. Probably Jonah. Yeah, Jonah, Jonah Beaucaire, who was in the Cunningham Company at the time. That was like, I'm trying to gather as many kind of representatives from the dance community as possible to come to Bryant Park to be in the picture. That's going to be a representation of the New York dance community. Cool. So I showed up. I was with my friend Stuart Singer, and we were walking. And Stuart was like, hey, isn't that isn't that Jimmy Tickles? And I was like, oh. <laughs> the character I played in Strangers with Candy right. for, the pe- for many like, people who won't know that. I was reference. like, oh, I went to high school with him, JW, because that's what we called him in high school. And so we walked past and I kind of looked at him and I was like, hello. And he was like, <laughs> I don't understand what I'm looking at. And then, <laughs> and then like really two seconds no later, he was like, was. oh my God. So it was, it was me. King, because Reed was like real sticks like just full bones like so so skinny with I was like a child i was super child and also you were this boy soprano who in my mind was probably going to you know go to juilliard as like a countertenor right and then i was like what happened to your body and he's like oh i was in ballet companies and stuff and i had to pick people up and i was like <laughs> oh work queen and um and then and we just started talking and there was it's a very Obviously, Reed and I have a deep kinship that's a, you know, past lives experience. (laughs) And um, we were having lunch and it was just, it was so rapid fire. And I I walked away and I was starting to make a, a new piece. And it was very clear to me that he had to be in it. And then... It, that piece ended up being the piece that I, I got my first New York Times review for. It happened at the New Museum, and it was a really wild piece that Reed had to sing in and um, and other stuff. I didn't really dance in it. No, I didn't want you to dance in it. I was. Gonna... You would never see me dance. What did you know? <laughs> <laughs> that's true. He'd only heard me sing. I mean, that's... he saw me dance. We took a class at Interlock, and that's for non-dance majors called general dance. Right. So it's like 45 minutes a day, and you just go in and like 
be wild essentially and we would like make up dances we had like kind of ballet classes kind of modern classes Mm -hmm. occasionally and we had um, janet who's janet (laughs) wasn't that woman her name janet and she would like teach fossey when i would like ask her to teach fossey because i was so obsessed with janet gray i'd be like will you please teach martha graham today and she'd be like ugh and then like will you please teach fossey today and she'd be like ugh and oh. then she'd be like, I wanted to, you know, she wanted to teach other stuff, but I would like beg and she would. Well, we had most of the time we had Wendy or Kay. Remember yep. Kay Braden? Of course. Anyways. Anyhow. So have I, we answered the question. Is it over? I mean, these, I, these, I, this, I, it can meander in any which direction. Well, we, we started, I, I was in that piece for Jack and then that was just kind of like the beginning of many, many collaborations right. yeah yeah because i mean after that i was you started you were like i want to and then i we did this other piece that was full crazed at dixon place Me. where at that point i was like i want you to do did i have you do esmeralda you well you had he said like a he's like what's that ballet with the tambourine and yeah. i was like <laughs> i was like well <laughs> so, you know it could be a couple things. Uh-huh. Um, maybe it's Tarantella. Yeah, you should have picked Tarantella. I know, but I don't... And Tarantella is for tiny people, but it at is. any rate, <laughs> what he wanted me to do was Italian fuetes. That's just how it manifested in his mind, which is good, because sometimes, <clears throat> like in the process of making dance, Jack will reference things, and sometimes it'll be kind of backwards or somewhat incorrect, but it like the the nonsensicalness of it makes it good. Yeah. Like makes it make more sense inside of like new work. Mm -hmm. So Jack will be like, I want you to do that step where like you cabriole backwards or whatever. And I'll be like, that's not a thing, but I'll try it. (laughs) And then it like becomes something new. Uh He was obsessed with backwards tourjetes for a long time. Whoa. We had to make it up. It's like, it's just a tourjete in reverse. So you, so you start like an air It's a brush back. You brush back and then you hitch kick is what I would say. With a turn, with a fouette. Which way do you turn towards the first? that's like, towards the first you might have pioneered that but I feel like that has to be in a Ramsey sure ballet right? Yeah. Yeah. I can just Twilight see it hit someone yeah. Yeah. it's probably but just like defining it as the back. backwards but but like Jack, Jack you does like repetition and, and he <laughs> durational things so he's like do 10 in a row or whatever so like I was setting a piece on the Juilliard students I did the Juilliard bow and I it how it was going to end was that I wanted them to do backwards fuetes across the stage in a line for a long time right and it looked great yeah, but Jack I mean, has looks... like a, a good memory and a lot of kind of visual references, but yeah. like physically, like he hasn't intuited a lot of the things, which is a real blessing in in, <laughs> in terms of the making of his work because it's not it's often really not derivative. It's that's sort true. Of like, I what can't, is it? It's the the work I the work I would that's true. I would say the work that I make is is not derivative. It's coming from. Things that I've seen and loved. Mm-hmm. And Reed really changed my life by taking me to City Ballet. I mean, that seeing, I remember Reed calling me at, and he was like, You have to get to Lincoln Center right now. And I was like, Yuck, why? And he was like, mm-hmm. Because it's Stravinsky Valen Concerto and it's going to change your life. Mm-hmm. And they do like, I had this, I'd been doing this thing that I would call witch hands in the work where I wanted people to have real clawed hands and rotate them a lot. This is pre Gaga. Oh, yeah. And, we and he's like, there's witch hands in it. And I was like, okay, I'm coming. And then I like got out of the subway. We go up. I cried through the whole thing because it's a masterwork. I've now seen Serenata at least four times, and I've I cry more each time I see it. Yeah, it was. Uh, and in it was because I'd come out of Graham, which is a 
tricky relationship with ballet in terms of how she incorporated ballet into the technique mm-hmm. and also I, her rage that I, ha- I had that kind of relationship to it where I felt teachers were really like ballet dancers don't understand ground. Like they don't understand the earth and they don't understand the pelvis. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ew. And then I started going and I was like, ooh, but formalism, honey. Like, let's get those lines a cracking, girl. We went to see four, one of the first ones I saw was Four T's with Reed and David. And I was like, work. I was so, it was such a lived experience for me. Tess was doing choleric. Yeah, because I was obsessed with, you know, I come, growing up how I did, my experience, I didn't see live dance and theater i saw movies i was growing up in a small town in the midwest so and i had saw i had seen showgirls pretty early so watching this work that then finding out later that it referenced was referencing to vegas mm-hmm. and vegas showgirls and, and these extreme bat mas and then this forced arch and this like all of this hip these pelvic gyrations and david on the train was like were you making fun of this form because it's really important to me because I'd been, I'd literally, I'd been under my breath, but being like, work. That's amazing. <laughs> oh my God. And I was like, no, this is, this is really deep for me, but I'm, I'm going to express myself in a contemporary way, honey. <laughs> uh, I love the, you know, Balanchine, he said that Stravinsky's his most perfect work. So, Stravinsky Concerto. Concerto? I wow. Even, I didn't know I that. I can't he, believe that dance every time I see it. He, because okay. he wouldn't say he, he, his best ever. He's, he thought it was his most musical, and that's like the most he could say about anything. It's mm. right. phenomenal. It is. There are many phenomenal balancing works, but that yeah. one really, every time I'm like, this is funny and sad and it's everything. Oh, so <sighs> the second aria just like rips oh my soul out. I remember <laughs> seeing it really when I was young with Louise Nadeau at PMB, and I was like, <laughs> you know i i found this out semi recently but Servinsky wrote it as an apology to his wife for cheating on her repeatedly that makes sense well work. so that's that's what i get out of that second yeah. area well that's what i think is interesting is like you know Servinsky and balancing were constantly just like this is about nothing literally right. about nothing don't think about anything <laughs> or you know this is about time this is about right whatever very basic things but, but no matter what of i course, know what you, i mean yeah. that's not the re- that's certainly not what you end up hearing yeah. in terms of the rehearsal process and in turn i mean in my entree into stravinsky was when graham did write a spring from mm-hmm. Messine, mm-hmm. and because stravinsky wanted her to mm-hmm. not Messine. Mm-hmm. and Messine would like come to her every day while she was warming up and say you're going to fail Oh, like, while oh. she was doing Nasty. like the 16 bounces like she everyone would be at bar and she'd be like you know mm-hmm. all that have you had Graham either of you no. <laughs> well that's fine <laughs> the only ballet I've had I've just taken like some Janet Panetta classes and then made Reed teach me the rest so <laughs> the, oh rest. <laughs> the rest the rest now he's got all of it all of it backwards to her so but in that, it was so clear. And when she talks about Stravinsky and him playing her the record mm. of Rite of Spring and him talking about all this emotional content of it. So maybe as these, you know, quote unquote, straight white men, that's what they felt they needed to say at that time. Well, I think they just had that idea kind of as a foundation or something at the front of their process, but they're both so deeply spiritual. There's like mm. no way that those... I think Other, they didn't want it to be sentimental, right? They wouldn't well, want just so, so they were smart, resisting yeah. story ballet. I mean, this is also yeah. looking at the advent of 
of going against story ballet and actually looking at the movement for movement's sake and how much can abstraction tell. Mm -hmm. And that abstraction is going to, has the ability actually to tell you more Mm -hmm. than story ballet because every person is going to draw their own thing from it. Whereas when it's a narrative story ballet, you can put your, I, I don't even, I can't watch work like that. If it's a narrative story ballet, I'm like, Bye. that looked good. <laughs> you know, good yeah. job, Bluebird. You know, like, wow, those were high. That's it for me. I did cry about Monsky Sleeping Beauty. It's that so I'm like, beautiful. not, I it's don't so beautiful. love her, but I Just did. the whole experience is really magnificent. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Next question. Um. <laughs> we will return to conversations on dance in a moment, but first we want to talk to you about the tights you're wearing. Are you sick of buying class and performance tights that rip after just a few wears? Sometimes you get them fresh out of the package and then suddenly a huge hole. Wouldn't it be great to find a pair that not only held up through tons of washes, but also looked great? What if they also improved your line and the way your legs recovered? That is why you need to try Zarelli. At Zarelli, a team of designers, engineers, physical therapists, and dancers have come together to create high-technology legwear that promises to improve your performance life cycle. There's a style for each cycle of the dancer's career, rehearsals, performance, and recovery. For more, visit Zarelli.co. That's Z-A-R-E-L-Y dot C-O. We are pleased to be able to offer our listeners a special discount. At checkout, simply enter promo code Conversations on Dance Zarelli. All one word. I think yeah, we want to talk about your podcast yeah, now. Let's get there. Let's get into oh, that. Okay. Oh, yeah, because we're we're we're, we're low on time. Okay, we're let's, crunching up to the thirty-minute mark. Okay. We can, don't feel rushed, everybody. We'll go, we can go a <laughs> yeah, little Reed's over. Reed's really good at bringing his. We've talked about this recently, where in dance he's talked about that he's gotten. He really likes feeling his heart rate go down. Mm. Whereas when I perform, I like feeling like I might die. Oh, same. I, I really, like that. I yeah. like getting. I like being like. A well, I just heard about yeah. how Rebecca gets Fear. really nervous. <laughs> do you? Oh, that's right. That's right. 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 Yeah, I do. I do. How do you deal with that? <laughs> well, let's. We're, I'm going to talk really about that on our me. podcast okay. because I've heard that on your podcast, right, and then right. I'll want people to go over right, to yours. Right. So we got to okay. click over to their podcast, right. which is called "What's Going On with Jansen Stuff." Would you like to sing your song? Um, we'll do it to close. Oh, okay. To close, oh, I, you I want really to ask us so a question right. about. I know I really controlled Dom topped that. Okay, so <laughs> go ahead. Well, no, we just want to know what the idea was and the inspiration. Yeah, what is, what How did it come about? Well, about, I yeah. got approached by Kimberly Falker a couple years ago about starting a podcast. Are you part of that network? No, no, not. nor are but, we. But I was also that approached. Shade. And then, <laughs> it's not no, at all. No, I didn't know. I think shade. it's like really it's not amazing what she's done. Yeah, and great. we just were overly ambitious and we're in such kind of a rush to get things going that it didn't work out being on her network but gotcha that was the impetus that was the first podcast i was ever on and, and then i love podcasts i love po- like i, I took to read to a throwing shade show like they do live shows two years ago like i wrote brian it's brian Safi and aaron gibson aaron gibson and i wrote brian because i know her through like the gay channels of social media and i was like can i please have two tickets this year show i'm bringing your biggest fan <laughs> and he was like yes queen that's so fun and you loved and and reed had been telling me about podcasts and and this and that mm. and so i was then on a few podcasts i was on yours i was on james whiteside's i was on kimberly falker's and um, and then I was really like, I guess I could have a podcast, but I didn't, the idea of just doing it by myself and 
interviewing guests was yeah. a little bit seemed like who cares it's so fun with two we know. Yeah. yeah and so jack and i have had this like kind of incredible rapport for many years right where in studio time where we're developing work like amazing things just get said that you're like god i wish that was written down mm-hmm. and so, sometimes i just put it right into a script oh, and put it in the immediately show, in the frankly, show yeah. but this is a way for jack and i to kind of just not only talk into the void but actually have a way of like connecting to other people and reaching out and, and having that, a discourse and that i deeply i i also i realized that we were talking about things that we care that we both really care so much about dance. I love dance. And I, I, in, in talking with Reed, who's helped me have such a better history, particularly in terms of Western concert dance. Um, there were things that I not only learned, but that I wanted other people to hear. Mm-hmm. And then in terms of where we enter into performance and the, how those are different, uh, that I feel Reed can really approach things from an aesthetic standpoint and I have to really get something out of it. It really has mm-hmm. to, I need a psychological and emotional imperative. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, and it can happen with, with even with something like Pam's work, mm-hmm. which is drawing from this huge lexicon of Bally and Cunningham is, and then all the things that came post that and referencing it with her old, her own idiosyncratic mm-hmm. choreography with that. It still fills me with a it's it's extreme rigor, it's history and her extreme heart. Mm. So in talking about that, I, I wanted us to have a forum that we could invite people on, find out about them, as well as talking about what is happening in terms of what's new mm-hmm. with work, because that is where I I feel it it needs to go uh, with, of course, a sense of history and where we're coming from. But in terms of new viewership and a young viewership Mm -hmm. that's outside of the subscription audience model, how do you get people to go to dance? Right. I don't think that what we have to say is necessarily important, but we have we approach Mm -hmm. it with fun. Yeah. and, And it's fun to have our friends on as guests. And just because of my own experience in listening to podcasts, I like to have like a discourse about things like I like to watch Project Runway even though often it's just such a garbage show but I like <laughs> to hear a discourse about something I'm interested in right. I like to hear a discussion of people's opinions about stuff mm-hmm. that's oh, the timer okay. but you know what we don't we can take two more minutes we can well, definitely take I think that what we would love to do is a oh, segment lightning that you're round. familiar with, Reed. <gasps> the lightning round. Yay. Right. Yeah. Okay, so we're we ready. Just, lightning I'm, round. I'm familiar in terms of listening, but not in doing. <laughs> How do you want to do it with the two of us? Reed will we we'll go get first, to have our own answer? Okay. and then Jack can go next so that okay. the audience knows who is speaking. Right. How's that? <laughs> They'll never be able to Because their voices sound so similar. Okay. All right. So name a piece of art, other dance or otherwise, that inspires you. Um, a piece of art, dance or otherwise that inspires me. Um, gosh, there's millions. So you have to just pick pick one. Right. Speed it up. The lightning round. Lightning round. Uh, Stravinsky's Pulcinella. Oh. The new one? I mean, there's only an old one. No, but I mean in terms of choreography. Just the music. Okay, got it. Okay, all right. Jack? Oh, gosh, there's so many. There's a million. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um... Uh, the acting of Isabelle Huppert. Oh yeah, you do. Love, you love that. Um, what is your dream guest for your podcast? Oh, 
dream guest. I have no idea. I feel like it, your dream guest is close. Isaac. Here? I feel like we will uh, probably um, have Isaac it. Mizrahi. Yep. I and, think it's and Mark happen. Morris it, as a quartet happen? with Jack and I. Oh my I think God. That, that would be so good. fun. That'd be amazing, like old mirror images. Yeah, I think that would. I think that would happen. Um, and I'll just say Isabel Huppert. <laughs> <That'd be good. laughs> High um, hopes. <laughs> uh, so you already. Oh, did I have to make it in reality? No, no. no. I mean I've no, talked dream. with dream. her. Yeah. yeah. Oh really? Oh, yeah. I, okay. I, I've hung out. Brag. Okay, keep going. Okay. Reed, you already sort of answered this, but favorite podcast. Well, right now it's Bitch Sesh. <laughs> Sorry. It's a it's a podcast about The Real Housewives. It's really funny. I don't I even watch, watch Real Housewives. You're going to love it. Wait, okay. It's so good. And also Conversations really? on Dance. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, this was this was like one of those series. It was just a it was a just a short series and it was the one about um I'm blanking on his name right now while I touch my chest. Mm-hmm. Richard Simmons. Oh yeah, that the what happened to Richard Simmons? Finding Richard Simmons. Things about that oh, podcast right. was like yeah. watching an incredible movie or reading an incredible book. Right. They were like, "What's going to happen?" Ultimately, a disappointment, but very good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I really edge of my seat for a yeah. lot of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And conversations with dance. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is your dream project together? Sky's the limit. There's no budget. Mm. What would you do together? I mean, it would be fun to like do a story ballet with Jack. Oh, yeah. but like huge, right? Like a huge production, huge million dollars. Yeah, five and million dollars. Let's do it. And in terms of but what kind of a waste, anyways? What that projection <laughs> would be? Uh, we'd have so much money. <laughs> it would be with Paris Opera, so I could be on that stage, and um, it would be Giselle. Oh, oh wow! Also, like I, could I think it'd be nail that second act. It'd be really nice to have like um, just a s- kind of static retrospective at a really beautiful museum. A retrospective of our work, yeah, with like film and lo- costumes, and it'd be oh. yeah, it'd be nice uh-huh. and live performances occasionally. Years yeah. after I'd made like ten pieces, I've now made. 13 uh-huh. full-length works and then a bunch of smaller works as well. And mm. at the 10th one, Reed was like, your retrospective's coming up at MoMA called yes. This and That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. Well, well thanks for her having it. us here. That's and thanks it. for well, being Well, now we get to do our... yours. And oh. now we're going to do yours. Oh, let's close out with our theme song. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Wait, I have one more thing to say. Okay. Say it. Say it. Well, first of all, I love your podcast. <clears throat> yeah. I really do. I've listened to all of them. I cry all the time. <laughs> he really does cry. I, I do. But I don't know these people well and enough to cry. second of all, I thought that in the speed lightning round, you were going to ask what dance I wanted to do. Did you ask that last time? We asked your favorite. Well, I changed my mind. You changed your mind. I want to do that question too. Okay, let's do it. I want to do, I thought about it today. My dream role would be to do Violent Face by Anna Trace to Kiersmacher in the woods, like in that film on the sand stage. Got it. And mine would be to play Medea in Martha Graham's Cave of the Heart. Nailed it. Should we sing the song? Yeah. Yep. What's going on with dance and stuff? What's happening with dance and things? What's going on? What's happening? What's going on with dance and stuff? So good. Um, You guys. If you have yet to tune in to what's going on with dance and stuff, we highly recommend you check them out. New episodes go live on Friday, and you can even go back and find the episode when they had us on as guests. Find them on iTunes and subscribe today. Thank you for joining us this week on Conversations on Dance. Every Monday, we release a new episode with the dance world's best and brightest. 
To be notified of a new episode, subscribe now on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on social media at Conversations on Dance for additional content and new episode alerts. Thank you for joining us this week on Conversations on Dance. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.